0: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello all, it's Helen here, the voice of Azu from Rusty
1: Quill Gaming and the host and director of Enthusiasm. Today, I'm here to tell you about The Program. The Program audio series is a science fiction anthology podcast set in a world where money, state and God are fused into a single entity. Every episode is a standalone story featuring ordinary people inhabiting this extraordinary world. And for them, it's not the future that is terrifying, but our present. The programme is sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, but it is always smart. Find out more about the programme at www.rustyquill.com or www.programaudioseries.com, or search for The Programme Audio Series wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have fun and enjoy the episode.
2: Rusty Quill Gaming Podcast. I'm your host and GM Alex Newell. With me today I have James Ross, Bridget Monroe, Lydia Nicholas Ben Meredith. And we are continuing in our mailbag episode. We are answering the questions that people have been sending us. If you have asked a question and we are not answering it here, it's probably because your question is very, very similar to someone else's and we'll just have to just pick one person. That's not true. That's You're not true. Enough. Mainly because almost all of the questions were about Brutal, and there's only so many ways you can ask a question, (laughs) which is, oh, my God, how excellent is Brutal? So, like, we we had to narrow them
3: down a bit. You're welcome, (laughs) listeners. You are welcome. Now that we've recorded the episode as well, we'll resume answering questions on our forum properly when you ask them. (laughs) We'll totally get to that in the episode to dedicate to this thing several months from now. (laughs) So,
2: the question is, are you thinking of voicing an NPC campaign with just yourself? with the doomed train driver, Commander Barnes, the jailer and Grag, and maybe the dog that wasn't Brutal.
4: also ran
2: now as a spin-off that would be excellent as a spin-off where I would have to voice every single character (laughs) I would go quietly insane and then loudly insane and then it would stop I I
3: definitely think that the the train driver of Doom should be a backup character for one of us
2: (laughs) I guarantee that those NPCs if not all of them most of them will at some point turn up again
4: also a callback to the last mailbag episode now you mentioned it Commander Barnes would be actually quite an interesting person to spend an evening with oh yeah nah Navy, nah. lots of stories. Seemed like a genuinely nice guy. Nah. Has brandy. He was, he was mean to Hammond. <laughs> <laughs> ah, well, that may not necessarily be a uh, negative.
5: Oh!
3: Oh! I see you've gone from treating the birds to handing them out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did actually pick up inflict Moderate
2: Wounds. So. <laughs> so, is there a part of you that wishes that Brutal hadn't come back? When it seemed like Brutal had died, I think you were quite worried about losing people. And although I'm not suggesting that you would have nudged the dice in a favourable direction, were you relieved that he could run off into a new life?
5: He lives on a farm. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he lives on Papoose farm. In a papoose farm. <laughs> <a papoose> farm. <laughs> Where the
2: papooses run free. <laughs> uh,
6: so flopping all over the well, meadow. He nearly,
3: he nearly died twice, of course. Yeah, so.
2: I genuinely didn't fluff it. I genuinely did not fluff the dice. And when he was one hit point away from dying, he was genuinely one hit point away from dying. I I was fine with either way that panned out. Because honestly, one, am I resenting the fact that Brutal's getting a lot of attention? No, not at all. A character's getting attention. Great. This is good. He's also another great example of what I was talking about earlier about holding up a mirror. He was a guard dog that Bertie arbitrarily decided to tame. And then when he started training I'll have him, that one. I was like, yeah, okay, if you're going to
3: start turning him into people... He, he was also the worst guard dog ever. Remember? Yes. He had like four dice rolls as a guard dog. Oh, and yeah. got like less than five Oh yeah, Abs- of
2: absolutely. And then when you start training him in the things that you decide to prioritise, yes, of course you end up with a course. snobbish dog. Yes. Like,
6: and so... So this, Brutal, this is the top of the wine list. <laughs> And this is the bottom of the wine list. We don't like that top at all. No, do we? No, no, no. Let's fold it. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Which would you like? So,
2: so I'm... an
6: excellent choice, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Flashback to a happier time. Okay, carry on. So
2: I was fine with Brutal basically <laughs> he- heading off into a new happy life. What I would say is the only time I have any issues is if something is if the rule of fun is broken. So an example of that would be that there's no closure, there's no ending to a story. A character mid-conversation walks off and it isn't leading to a mystery. It's just them walking off. like <laughs> That's just bad manners. But mm. all I'm getting at, though, is that with Brutal, the only way I would have been upset is if there hadn't have been any ending at all. Mm. Or, like, if he was so still the, here, the, that would be fine. This question but... would
3: have been asked at the point where Brutal almost died from being thrown off a roof. Was, resi- yeah, that's a was, good was point. was revived, and then ran off. Yeah, good point. And remember, since this question was asked, we've heard Brutal get brought back by the yeah. evil, malevolent AI. Yeah, had his memories changed? Oh, yeah. By the evil, malevolent AI slash Bertie, and then had the memory change erased yep. so that he remembers everything that was done to him. And basically, single-mindedly attempt to kill Bertie. Oh yeah, I, I do think that, that was remember. that's a level of awareness,
6: um, of, of like for a dog to be philosophically affronted by having its memory. Well, I have a
2: simple answer for this. What's your handle animal skill, Bertie? Uh,
6: very high.
3: Yeah. Nine. Oh wow! So I, 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 <laughs> you, you accidentally made your dog I, sentient. Oh God, I, I talk brutal ethical reasoning. <laughs> And yeah. superior ethical reasoning to yourself, my, apparently. Yeah, my
6: Handle Animal is so good, it's equivalent to a three-year
3: well, undergraduate
6: so, degree <laughs> at the University of Sussex. <laughs> <laughs> that is...
3: Whoa!
1: It,
2: turns out, rather than keeping Bertie away from Mr. Sealing, you should have just let him Handle Animal it. Yeah, that would oh. have solved all your problems. Oh, should I, oh yeah,
6: I, I made the mistake of thinking because it can talk back.
3: In terms of the rules, it's very specifically mundane animals. It doesn't uh. work on, say unicorns or pegasi oh interesting or, but Bertie okay.
5: doesn't know
2: that
3: right. magical ghosts
5: mm-hmm. I got gored how <laughs> it
3: <happened>. uh, cock- <laughs> would not work uh, on cockatoos. the horse, pointy horse right, or was basilisks. not happy I've
5: never seen this before
3: a manticore <laughs> manticores wouldn't work on them
2: Another question. Are your characters being received the way that you wanted or imagined they might be? I know that James has said that he wanted Bertie to be thoroughly unlikable. Yes. But the more Bertie he is, the more we seem to fall in That's love with That's your him. problem. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you? You're a monster. How have you evolved their personalities from creation until now? This is definitely a question for other people.
4: Mm. So, okay, so, well, should we start? With Bertie? How have you changed Bertie in response to. Have you changed Bertie? Have you made him more monstrous? Well, we've. Yeah, I
2: mean, like. So, I mean, he was
6: supposed sort of you know uh bluff but heroic to start with and um, that was his outward face but as we now know because of developments blah 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 that's largely contractual and he's just horrible like people like boris johnson like lol boris bertie is lol boris in a suit of armor but like without the the touch for the concerns of the working man he's an <laughs> awful awful person and the more unpleasant that i can make him i'm, I'm gonna make him more unpleasant i'm gonna make him more unpleasant Until people hate him. Until people hate him. Do
2: you remember the initial pitch you had for Bertie?
6: Yeah, no learning, no hugging, no crying, no growth or something like that. That was it. You're
2: hitting the nail on the yep. head there.
6: Yeah. Like,
2: Although you are growing worse.
6: Yes. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. That's the same, but more. Um,
3: but, you know, if Bertie changes... Flanderization. Yes. www.tvtropes.org slash flanderization. <laughs> Homework for you. Yeah, okay. um, it's, it's about how characters become more extreme versions of themselves over time. Yeah.
2: Okay, how about you,
3: more or less, yeah. So I wanted Hammer to be likable and charming, and I struggle to play charming rather than sort of awkwardly endearing. Um, <laughs> like I would genuinely I would genuinely like Hammer to be much more suave, but even in a role playing game I can't really do 12 Well, it's always part well of the thing. Is it's
2: like, how do you play an intelligence greater than yourself, and how do you play? Well, that's never been a challenge. Alex. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it's been a challenge. There is no intelligence greater than yourself, Chris, <laughs> obviously. But all I mean though is that, like, yeah, it's a thing I've come into a lot, which is where people play a very high charisma character. And then they're like, I'm physically not capable of this. And that's where the suspension of disbelief comes in. That's where. Well, no, I, I like feel out.
3: like Hammer's been okay and has. Hammer has come across as high charisma, but I wanted him to be high charisma in a different way yeah. than he was. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I wanted him to be quite smooth and slick and suave. And yeah, I just couldn't really do that. Um, But. <laughs> More James and Bond, and less also, Alan Bennett. Yes. yes. And, and, <laughs> Absolutely. and
5: also, he's been. I think that he played his reaction to trauma quite yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So he, i think he was quite slick at the very beginning but then almost immediately he was in a burning collapsing building yeah um and <laughs> so this was
4: hamid being like i've just come out of a casino i'm gonna become an adventure
5: oh no <laughs> peril <laughs> <laughs> we, we saw a lot of people die yeah we That oh, yeah, yeah. was quite
3: a lot and dead. yeah actually and like playing that as someone who was not ready for or expecting it was really fun i mean he's also
2: incredibly privileged and needs to start checking that at some point. And doesn't,
3: yet. And, and But that's intentional. That's a choice I've made for the character. You know, that he is blind to his own privilege, that he is occasionally a bit hypocritical. He's not the hero he wants or pretends to be. But I'm hoping he becomes that in yeah. the long term. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. sort of the arc I've envisaged for the character. You know, you said are we jealous of the attention Brutal gets yes absolutely (laughs) Um, I absolutely wanted Hamid to be the small or adorable lovable one in the group and I was usurped (laughs) usurped by a dog the dog's gone now this is the same reason
4: why that's why he gave him away yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh what I'm cold Hamid Um, cold
4: I, th- I think it's quite interesting though that, that both Bertie and Hammond have come from uh, positions of privilege and you've both chosen to pretty much do the opposite arcs.
2: Bertie was always on the cards as the obnoxious one, let's put it that yeah. way. And Hammond was always on the cards initially as the the most sort of traditionally heroic one. But it's become readily apparent as time's gone on that people are siding a lot with Bertie, even though he's atrocious. Because he's just kind of out and out atrocious. And in fiction, that's very different from real life. And mm. that's a quality that's something people can yes,
6: tie to. You say that, but people are supporting Trump right now. So <laughs> I, also, I, I think also, Trump has no, been also, listening
3: to our podcast and has based himself on Bertie.
4: I mean, fart jokes aside, I think genuinely Bertie is exactly the kind of personality yeah. that if put in the same position would t- yeah. do the same thing.
2: But the things that surround me with Hamid is the mirror side of that, which is people... Initially starting with Hamid going, oh, he's nice, sweet, and he wants to do heroic things. And slowly losing faith in Hamid as he keeps, like you were saying, having these issues where he's not aware and checking his privilege yet.
3: I-, I said it in the last episode that I wanted Hamid to be naive, to start off naive, and to have a lot of room to grow as a character. And everything about Hamid is what he might become. He is potential. And yeah, yeah. He, you know, he's got a backstory like the other characters have, but it's it's all about where does he go, where is he heading and what does he become if he turns a, into a super powerful dragon and still hasn't learned to let, check his privilege does he end up becoming a meritocrat I mean yeah yeah pff, he could become <laughs> you know he could become the ultimate example of privilege in this game world <laughs> I am the meritocrat what are you responsible for oh you know fashion
2: fashion <laughs> uh, oh am I making you to the fashion oh, you know what <laughs> 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 that's so much better than what I was going to go with <laughs> and what about the rest of you
5: People seem to quite like Sasha. Sasha's Um, been a bit of a hit, actually. she's great. So she's pretty much amoral, is the thing. Mm. There's a loyalty thing, but like she has not hesitated to stab people in the back. Um, And to steal. uh, Yeah. Mm. Well, like so, there's things about having been forced to do things, but also they're just I don't know. It's the thing that hurts her most is betrayal. Um, I suppose, yeah. I suppose more obviously than Hammond, she has extraordinary vulnerabilities. Too. I think you
2: you hit the nail on the head with with amoral. Amoral is not the same as immoral. Yeah, and that's very very different. Immoral is, you know, I don't care. Yeah. Whereas, like Sasha, you've deliberately put in a situation where huge tracks of certainly on the morality side mm. are just not really had chance to develop or be engaged with or yeah. the nuance to be found yet, or, and that's the key.
5: Or you can even talk about it's quite easy to be against st- stealing if you have stuff. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, yeah. and whereas if you're someone like her that has has grown up in a very difficult way and then been kind of given the option to take shiny things or been told to take shiny things, well, that's not actually the same kind of yeah, moral absolutely. choice. It's like, mm-hmm. I have stuff and I want more stuff. As well, she's been Having a lot of backstory stuff come up sure. first, whereas like we haven't heard about how Bertie developed the outer crust of mm-hmm. complete rigidity because mm-hmm. he was sent away to boarding school at four years old, and and never like got any direct loving attention from his parents, yeah, or anything like that. We haven't heard that, which might put the character in a different mindset, and you never will. Feeling. <laughs> <laughs> a weakness. The thing Carol. is, maybe that isn't his backstory. Maybe he had an absolutely lovely child. <laughs>
2: yeah, oh, you're, you're just a bad, bad
5: child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, just was,
6: He's just awful. He's a very just loving parent. Yeah, his absolutely. parents are just really disappointed. Yeah. He's like, why are you so horrible? And we amazing, tried our best. They're
2: amazingly philanthropic. Yeah.
4: Yeah. They're actually
2: both social workers. <laughs> <is>
1: that,
4: <laughs> that's, 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 by yeah. choice, not yeah. by yeah. necessity. No. That's yeah. why the McGuffigans are in such debt. They just gave all their money away. And Bert is like, well, this is wrong.
5: Where's my horse? He's People Where's my shot.
4: inheritance? Yeah. You gave it
5: away.
3: Yeah. Is, is that <laughs> That's wrong? why I hate poor people. They be my money. <laughs> yeah. Ironically. Yeah. Finally, Ben. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as to reception, I don't really know.
4: Um, uh, I've been a bit of a even keel. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really, I've been playing stuff close to my chest, and which is good because usually in role play I'm quite a limelighter, and I've been trying to make the effort to not do that. So I'm glad, to yeah. be honest, that there's not much talk about him.
2: Zolf's actually been the one who has played out as I expected.
4: Sound <laughs> <an> unpredictable. Fine by <laughs> v-
6: Virtue of consistency. Yeah. But all, <laughs> I, all I
2: mean though is that Zolf has a very clear role, and hmm. what has kept coming up is not through like manufacture. That role has been reinforced again and again and again and again. Like any time that there's been bickering, the leader put- card has been played. Any time that there's like been people panicking and fretting, it's tended to be Zolf who's gone there. No, that's a terrible idea. Well, there's also Do this an thing.
3: Age thing, as we yeah. just were mm. discussing. You know, it, he's so much older than the rest of us, both literally and in terms of experience. life experience. Yeah. That he, you know, Zolf is always naturally going to fall into that role.
5: So James and Bryn have played their characters as high charisma in very different ways. Yes, like shouty versus kind of smooth and adorable. Whereas, like, um, both uh, Ben and my characters have minus one charisma, but they're very <laughs> yep. different. Yes. And, yeah, I've kind of liked that. Although the one thing, as a listener, that's frustrating is that one of, like, Sasha's low charisma is often, like, she says the wrong thing at the, long t- at the wrong time. She can often reveal more than she really yeah. wants to, whatever. Whereas, like, Zul's low charisma is, like, gruff, blank. <laughs> wow, <laughs> yeah. I don't. So Stonewall. we don't know. All <laughs> these, like, I mean, like, like, Sasha's asked quite a lot about Yeah, it. yeah. In part... Being low charisma like, <laughs> sprawling <laughs> it, like, not so you much. seem really
2: touchy about this thing let's yeah, dive into yeah, that in yeah. extensive depth like, you whether know, you want to or not
5: what is it like having friends don't really understand this so I think I should express care by expressing interest in what you're doing yeah yeah, yeah. so your eyes are shriveling up what's that about what's <laughs> that <laughs> frowning thing you know so you know it, it does mean that like one might be more accessible to an audience whereas one is more like over time You sort of reveal these gradual things. Like it was awesome finding out that you 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 were arrested for AWOL stuff it was cool that was a surprise yeah. like, if it had been Sasha's issue she would have been like so um, I got to, don't really want to talk about it but I'm going to <laughs> <laughs> in extensive detail like, like that time that I went AWOL I'm really ashamed about it and I'm really scared let's stab a thing to get these feelings out <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll exactly. stab the feelings away <laughs>
5: Whereas I, as old as one, is just like not gonna bring this up. So many layers of like stony. I, I'll answer with molasses
3: Yes. Wait. That or thing s- happened. I like an onion.
5: <laughs> <laughs> an onion made of stone.
3: You take away a layer, and they'll make you cry.
4: Yeah. <laughs> and if you chop them up and put them in a pasta, they make a very good base.
2: <laughs> so yeah, there we go. That a nice rounded question answer. Mm. So the next question is from Glenatron. How much of what you know about your characters has yet to come up in play? Are you discovering them as you go along?
4: Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll go first with that. Um, yeah, there's quite a lot left. Um, I wrote uh, a reasonable amount into his backstory to yeah. give him some motivation. Um, so yeah, there's there's stuff to come up.
5: Mm-hmm. quite a lot of Sasha's backstory has come up but also there is stuff that Alex knows about my character that I don't because quite a lot of like all of this I think we wrote open questions into them it's
4: mm. a good point actually uh, it's like the the if you cast your mind back to the ring that I have um, I don't know why that's significant I know why it's significant to dissolve, but I don't know what the heck's going on with it being Rakefine's signet ring
2: for all of you there are huge chunks of your backstories that quite frankly you don't know and another thing that I do, and I recommend to every GM out there as the best thing ever anytime a player character makes an offhand comment about their past. You write that down. You write that down right there, right then. You put it in a book and then you leave it. You leave it for ten sessions. You leave it for forty sessions, and then you go through your book of potential things I can exploit. And it's like, oh, you made an offhand comment about that time that you accidentally stole from an orphan. That orphan now runs the city. They are a mayor, and they don't like you. (laughs) That's really like the key. When it comes to this, would
3: be way less disturbing if he didn't also do it in real life. (laughs) In his Actual friendships.
2: It's like the perpetual backstory machine. And you can just... Because player characters won't stop talking. And if they're really getting a character, they won't stop dropping those backstory hints. And you can just... You can just harvest that for content for the rest of as long as you need. So
5: we're going to hear about all of the horses that you've mentioned.
2: <laughs>
6: Mr. Horse? <laughs> yes.
4: Yes, you are. Monsieur
5: Chavot. <laughs> wait,
4: Monsieur chevaux is now the Mayor of Paris! No! You left
2: me, Bertie! <laughs> I had to gain sentience on my own without <laughs> your handle animal! <laughs>
6: I, I appointed you, sir, mayor of <laughs> Paris, and I can deappoint you just as quickly. Handle animal means that I have
3: a great grasp of equine bureaucracy. Right. So, um,
2: returning to the
5: original so, question. To answer hard. the yeah. question
3: in respect to Hamid. So, yes, there is stuff I, I know about Hamid that we don't, that the listening audience does not yet, but it's not, there's not a lot of stuff. Um, in terms of discovering him through play, absolutely, like I said, my original intention was to have him come across very differently and it just didn't work and so I went with what I had and like his reactions to things that happened like have surprised me at times and that's been really fun to play and mm. just sort of sort of and there's some moments I'd love to talk about uh, which I can't because they <laughs> interact with the secret things that correct. we haven't discovered yet correct yeah. sorry that, that's it' worth
4: mentioning as well that um, what the audience doesn't know we don't know either. We haven't been telling each other our backstories and stuff. Yeah, that's that's actually
2: a good point is it's a completely transparent podcast so there is nothing that the team know that the audience that we are deliberately keeping from them in any way. In fact, there was a big discussion to do with Hamid turning into a dragon which was exactly tied to this was is this a thing that we should keep from the audience? Yes. Should the party know? Should the audience know? Should it be a complete mystery? Yeah. yeah. And that that was a big discussion before we even began the campaign and yeah, we came down like you said on the idea that have the audience know everything that the party
3: know. Yeah. And, the, and also have the reactions be genuine. Yeah. 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 So, that, so that's really interesting. So yeah, so with Hamid, we've got both directions. So Hamid knows stuff that the audience doesn't about his past, and we know stuff that Hamid doesn't about his future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. About yeah. the dragons thing. Nice. So that's, you know, we've got both both things going on there.
2: There was one bit that I loved that we won't have come across in the, in the audio or anything like that was when Lydia returned from her international travels mm. with an entire plot quest having happened and her having no idea what had actually come up yeah. at the same time that her character had no idea of what Bertie had been doing. That what was a Bertie's moment been... that like audience won't really get. But for me was lovely. It was just the moment of, yeah. yeah, I did this massive thing. And you're like, what? <laughs> what? I kind of thought you'd have run off and you know like met a horse and that was it no I met a horse and then we did things <laughs> Mr. <F. Chabot. laughs>
5: candle and Harris. dinners <laughs> <laughs> so Percy,
6: obviously, obviously the contract is a very large part of who the cat is but I think very little of the rest of his backstory has kind of come up
2: yeah I mean again from the GM's perspective what you do is you give all your people to give you as much backstory as they can And then you use that as a seed to grow a backstory for them. You don't just take what they have and that is all you can work with. Every single thing that is in that backstory should have a ramification. A positive one, a negative one, or a neutral one. And I find it, if every single thing has a ramification, it's kind of more satisfying because what was written as... An arbitrary line can have massive consequences and God, I need
3: to go and reread my backstory and yeah. see what yeah, Alex is gonna do. make. What use I of. would
2: say is for season two, all of you should go back and reread <laughs> your backstories, and if you want to make any revisions, there's still time, but there will be
3: huge ramifications for all of you. So he's a monster, but <laughs> I respect his craft. Yeah.
6: <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot.
2: Uh-huh. So, continuing on, we're going to blast through these. We're going to get, make sure that we finish all of the questions. How difficult is it to play this campaign for a podcast? Is there any compromise made by doing it in this format? Less swearing. First of all, as a Yeah, yeah, the yeah. That's the main, main
4: thing, and, less swearing.
5: Yeah, no swearing. And stuff about romance or awkwardness or ethical things we want to work through, we think about a lot more. Mm, I think yeah. you're but all
2: very much more aware of basically what you're saying, for obvious reasons. Like, this is a platform, and as a platform you will have a responsibility to monitor yourself. But I think that you can't really turn that bit off. I think that changes play quite a
3: lot. Uh, I would say there's one really positive impact, which is there's less spitballing. Like, a lot of games I've played, you get bogged down in planning, kind of, Absolutely. You know, how you're going to approach the next combat, and you you sort of spend ages discussing and building plans, and... It's not fun and it's not mm. good. It's certainly not gonna be entertaining. So we don't let ourselves do that. We just cut it out. And it it goes right down to the kind of the tur- the combat turn level. Yeah. It's like, you know, and we do this a bit, but it's much worse in a normal game. When when your turn comes around in combat, in a normal game, it's so common to go like oh, uh, well, here's the four options. What are the exact yeah. details and rules for each of these? So boring! Oh, well, I boring to do, let I alone... Oh, oh. So, I, I like the numbers. The yeah. I'm not going to apologise for liking that's the numbers. Fine.
6: That's fine, Brendan. We've all come to accept that about I you, and mean, that's great. That's one of your, your many fine qualities. Um, <laughs> at, uh, yeah, but I'm you know there's just a bit in my head which is quite helpful with particularly playing the character that I'm playing of like, okay, bored now. I'm just going to knock this vase off the mantelpiece. Fine. Mm. Done. Yeah, which is quite helpful for... And like a surly cat,
3: make eye contact with you yep, while, I'm doing while you're it. doing it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, just, I don't think we're perfect at avoiding that nonetheless. Oh, <laughs> I think it's not, still a problem, a problem that we face, but I think the podcast element of the game helps us avoid it to a degree. I think also, because you hear the edited version... We're not as snappy in
4: combat. There's, a, there is a lot of us still going like, oh, what's the best option to do? Because it's still difficult. And also, um,
5: James steals all of my jokes. <laughs> that's true. They're all does. Originally all he does yeah. is steal everyone else's
3: yeah. jokes. He's got nothing. It was the classic, you know, <laughs> woman's in a room. thing you, you say something first, and then a man that's repeats the it. Man, man repeats it. Yeah. I mean, it yeah, that's, that's a really good lost.
2: example because James steals Lydia's jokes all the <laughs> time.
5: Oh, like, he, he does it constantly. He's doing it right now. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to wake up dead. I <laughs> know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you the funny one, challenge. honestly. <laughs>
3: um, the, other, the other thing I find a real challenge, and I, I'm sure we don't do this very well, is we're supposed to avoid talking over each other. Oh, we're terrible at that. Right? Yeah. I, it's very different to a normal game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's, it's just the kind of thing I like... do.
4: If it will be written in the script, then you can interrupt. Yeah, exactly. Just, exactly. I mean, I'm terrible for it. I just did it twice. I just t- talked over the end of your sentence, so James. As well. at the yeah. end of your sentence. Bryn. Yeah, it now. yeah right now.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Here's one other thing, though. All of that's from the player side. I would say from the gming side, it is a completely different beast. Oh, I'm sure. It is absolutely different. In fact, I'm going to ask you, Bryn, as the only other person at the table right now, how did you find it? Swapping to GMing on podcast rather than GMing normally. It was
3: really hard. Um, So I think Alex manages it brilliantly and I really struggled when I was GMing is the pacing it for an episode. Mm. Like having a beat at about the halfway point for an ad break. Having a good way to end an episode at an appropriate moment at about the right time. I, I mean, it's something I've always struggled with as a GM is like the timing and pacing anyway. But the podcast amplified that hugely. And I found that really hard and the fact that Alex is so good at it, seemingly effortlessly, is really impressive and you should all be really impressed I by have what to he admit, does.
2: When I set this up I massively underestimated, massively underestimated how hard um the GMing side is. Yeah. And that's not saying that I do a good job irrespective of the thing. It's just that keeping track of all of the equipment and keeping chap tra- track of pacing and keeping track of all of the story side in such a way that, like you say, it plays out on the beats for anyone who is intending to record your games, I genuinely encourage you to. There's something really, really great about having a recording of you having a great time with your friends and then being able to return to that months, years down the line and listening to it. i love listening to
3: it. Yeah, I and that's actually it. another way it's different to a normal game is you can remind yourself of stuff that happened. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. But what I would say is what you would get in that, unless you put the work in, is not what we're mm. making because mm. we're giving you a very heavily edited sort of targeted cleaned up mm. thing like we, we all have the intent of making a product mm. whereas if you're just recording yourself be prepared for oh god we spent two hours discussing how rope works mm. and that's fine when it's for yourself and i genuinely encourage you there's something really fun about it but at the other end do not underestimate if you're wanting to set up something similar to this mm. it's so much more work than you think it's also really tiring it's exhausting at the end mm. of one of these sessions i i can't i can barely speak I genuinely crash after a session and just sleep till the next day. Well, same for us. I mean,
4: I'm yeah. going to run a comedy night later. <laughs>
6: <laughs> I, I,
5: I at least have to... Like, We have occasionally tried to hang out immediately after the sessions and remember that we record several in a row. So we tried to hang out and literally just sat staring at each other silently over a pint. Yeah. <laughs> two two <laughs> pints. We weren't sharing the pint. <laughs> <laughs> two really straws. long straws. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
6: Oh, two pints, yeah, both sharing a pint, both staring of each other, and then but you lift them, and then your arms link, and you do that thing where oh, you... Oh, yeah. But with beer all over yeah. your face. <laughs> <laughs> Straight down your chin, you realise you haven't taken your mic off. No, no, no.
4: <laughs> and you're sitting there with your pint, and another straw just kind of slides in out of frame, and it's James just putting straws upon straws upon straws, yeah. two tables over. <laughs>
5: yeah.
4: But then you give him sort some Scooby handy. snacks, and he, yeah. he goes away. It's fine.
5: Yeah. A very quick thing to remember as well is that three of us spent years literally um, doing improv. Together, I'm new. So are used to having fun together on stage in a structured way that is also fun for the audience. Yes.
2: Everyone at this table has some combination of, again, crewing with LARPs, um, improv experience, stage performing experience and all of that jazz which you can bring in to bear which helps a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think you would have a very different product if you're with a bunch of people who are playing it. Because again, ultimately, we're playing a game for the enjoyment of others as the primary goal.
5: Speak this yourself. <laughs> I love it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm, 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 I'm enjoying a, it too. I'm
5: having fun right now talking yeah. about myself.
2: I mean, if I didn't
5: enjoy with it, my friends. I
2: would probably
6: stop because I've got other things going on. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I've, got, I've got a lot to We're do. Got a
5: busy life. Yeah. Alex
2: stands, removes Mike, walks out into <laughs> yeah. the sunset, we, never we, sees anyone again. We like you, Alex. Is it, is it not? It's not. You but just. Because
5: it's just I'm work a to you. We're
2: established, <laughs> established. But like, we respect yeah. his craft. Yeah. So, if the characters had to do a body swap with one another, who would they want to become? And what would they do for the 24 hours? So if your characters were to swap with each other, what would your character want to do for that time and who would it be with?
5: Sasha would body swap with Hamid and use the disguise and the small body stuff and remember, assuming that she remembers the physical skill of being able to sneak, would just nick everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, everything would be gone. You yeah. sort of look da- everyone would look down and everything they owned would be gone, the room would be empty, they'd look outside into the street and there'd be sort of baffled people walking like behind horses because the cart is
4: gone.
5: (laughs) (laughs) And the window frame as well, that just vanished. (laughs) Combine it all, yeah.
4: Um, I would be Bertie and do as much good as I possibly can solely to annoy him. (laughs) Whereas
6: Bertie would be Zolf and interfere with as many livestock as possible in full public view in order to annoy him. You'd
3: have to do it very slowly. (laughs) (laughs) Some some livestock are very slow moving. That, That won't be a problem. So Hamid would be incredibly upset. Because he's incredibly vain. He's so <laughs> not, uh, We haven't talked about this in terms of how he's perceived and his, you know, backstory. And this was not really an intentional choice. It just kind of came up during play. That yeah, Hamid's really, really vain. Which again is yeah something I discovered I just by love playing. The idea here. of
2: any other of the characters with Hamid inside them just looking down, going, "I have nothing
3: to work with here. Yeah. <laughs> what can I possibly do with this? Hamid, Press like, the
2: digit? No, yeah. no. Yeah, Hammond no. would
3: be Hamid would be super upset. Firstly, I think. The one thing he could possibly put up with is to inhabit Sasha's body for a day and spend the entire day paying for people to make her more beautiful. Like, just go for a oh. full spa treatment oh. makeover day
5: so just try in out, Sasha's body. Try out stuff that he would like to do, but as a lady. Yeah,
3: yeah. essentially. But also, but also he's like, but Sasha, you could be really pretty. Because yeah. that's, that's so that's so he'd think that, that was a nice yeah. thing to do. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah in a body swap scenario. Yeah, yeah. Like he'd genuinely be super, super upset to end up as Zolf because he you know, because he just wouldn't want to look like that. Speak, Which sounds speak for yourself. Well I, mean, <laughs> I know it sounds awful, but yeah, this oh, is a big like, hot slabber dwarf. Thank you very much. <laughs> much. This is, I mean this is absolutely one of Hamid's major flaws is yeah. his vanity.
2: Yeah. So here's a follow-up question. For for my enjoyment, if each of you had to be in a character of the four's body for a day who would it be and what would you do?
4: Right, so assuming these people are real as well, yeah, not so playing assume, that character. No, no, no,
2: assuming you, you jump into this world
3: for a day, Who, which character would you jump into?
4: Uh, Hamid, because he's a rich magician.
3: Yeah. 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 I think that's quite a simple choice. Yeah. He's, the, he's the richest and he's got can do magic. the best magic.
4: <laughs> None of us can do magic.
3: <laughs> well, I can do magic, but
4: it's not so... No, it's not like... It's not flashy magic. It's also, a, you have to negotiate magic. with a big yeah. beardy bloke who actually exists. Awful. Mm. <laughs>
5: Okay. Uh, I wouldn't mind being Sasha for a date but then I did pick someone that was had some it's extreme very burdens. similar to you yeah yeah, <laughs> anyway. yeah, yeah. so it wouldn't uh, uh, yeah if we all just suddenly popped into our bodies I don't know what would happen to James you're like I am aristocracy <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> um yeah I don't I don't know what would happen but he bisects
2: himself
4: yeah, yeah. <laughs> like
5: that but Ben will probably do pretty well just Kobe be like yeah i um, fine um, I mean to be honest tough, from a
4: Body, di- body dysmorphism point of view I'd have no legs yeah. mm. uh, and well, be f- four foot three yeah. so kind of a little bit to come to terms with but, it's, it's a little bit
5: yeah. to come we to terms with we don't cope
4: weirdly with being three foot two as hammock yeah but you'd be a wizard yeah. <laughs> well not a wizard but a magic person yeah. you know you're a he's yeah.
2: definitely a wizard
5: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'd just be like, oh, it's me, but like, you know, with, with more practical skills and, and, and <laughs> less qualifications. I'd
4: also take all of Zolf's uh, clothes and put them somewhere safe so that I could pick them up as Ben because they will make fantastic, probably very expensive LARP costumes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay, the final question is actually a bit of a more mundane one, but a perfectly good question for it. Is the campaign able to be played in different systems, like GURPS or 5th Edition or Savage Worlds, or was it strictly designed to work in Pathfinder? So (laughs) what I would say is, and I will open this to the table in general as well, is that I always find this question interesting because to me, any RP world that you have, in my experience, can be run on pretty much any system. The system's kind of your choice. The only exception to that is if you have a system that is built entirely around the use of guns and cyberpunk internet based adventures and you are a fantasy group playing a game against dragons you're going to have a sparsity of rules to draw upon that doesn't mean you can't do it mm. i mean that's the thing is that you're going to have a lot of extra books that you can use for inspiration and mechanics and they're not going to be necessarily you're have relevant you can reskin
5: but... a lot of things
2: yeah you Basically, that's what it comes down to. Is there's a lot of reskinning. But... It's also, it's it,
4: yeah. It's the idea of are you using the system or the engine? What is the Pathfinder and D and D called? It's the, um, D20, it, it's D20, it's it's the D twenty. It's a D twenty. It's like the SRD kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's the um, open source D twenty. Yeah, that's it. So it's it's the same basic DNA. Uh-huh. Um, so if you just took those systems and ran a cyberpunk game, you absolutely could. Yeah. Similarly with my favourite cyberpunk game, Corporation, it runs for the Brutal Engine, which is on 2 d 20 and get under stat plus skill. Really, really good system. And I could easily run a fantasy corporation game um, because I know the system yeah. enough. Um, yeah. I just discard all of the setting things.
3: Yeah. Uh, so I actually feel very differently. I think that in a good role-playing game, the system and setting intertwine in a very strongly coupled way in order to give the best possible experience and it's possible but it doesn't always enhance the game to lift it into a different sure. system because you're losing some of what made you make the choice originally now i think you could lift this game into other settings that support a lot of the same flavor items like magic users and warriors in the same sort of way but i think that you know one of my favorite sort of systems for example comes from a game called dogs in the vineyard but it just wouldn't work because you know the mechanics in that game are linked to the flavour in that game, or Apocalypse World, which is another game I love. But the mechanics in that game link to the flavour in that game, and they just don't translate very well. So I think this game would work very well in, say, D and D five because D and D five and Pathfinder fundamentally run on the same lines. And I think there's other systems like that. Like
5: Deadlands would it work well in? Deadlands?
3: I don't think I know Deadlands well enough. I suspect that the magic system in Deadlands doesn't support the sort of. High fantasy level magic yeah. of this setting. And I think you would need something that did.
5: Because that's the thing is that so I play most games with people that make up games and make weird games. So I actually have less experience <laughs> of the mainstream things. And well, a lot you, of things you're like the, like
2: the only person I know who's done more play testing than they have played. Yeah, genuinely, established stuff.
5: genuinely have. Yeah, and definitely there are things in like in spooky games where. Risks feel completely different, mm, um, mm. and where pacing of battles feels completely different, like because the choices are simpler, you yeah. play faster um or things where like you know we played goblin quest like yeah. the aesthetic and the mechanic are completely entwined there like the idea Absolutely. that you have five creatures they're disposable and he's balanced it so that you really want to get to the last one by the end because you have spent time coloring them in that is not a mistake <laughs> yeah. that makes it easier to dispose of the earlier goblins i was thinking like could you put the party in goblin quest and have like, all of us <laughs> playing, you know, play, play all five of the Rusty Quill characters if we were to do another thing. And that would feel like it would be really interesting to do that. Maybe we should <laughs> if we play another Goblin Quest game. But it would feel because you put so much effort into designing each character, like if you just move them over, that would feel like murder. <laughs> like it would feel horrendous. It would be really difficult to say. And then I'd jump off the roof into the mouth of the Wolfman uh, while singing a ballad. Um, in order to get three extra points for my team to do the next thing, yeah. because which is a common
3: experience in yeah, which around. happens Ooh.
5: in all of quest all the time. But if that was if that was Zolf, it would be. But, I mean, <laughs> Zolf is probably the one that would do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but his, would his, not. his
4: brothers mm. Dolph, Bolf, Kolf and Golfe. yeah,
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like if Hamish did that, it would be heartbreaking, you know. And if and if Sasha did that, you'd assume that she'd walk out from the middle of the of the wolf man because she'd slashed it from the inside.
4: I think that the thing is it's more about the tone of the game. Yeah. Um, yes. So the reason I say corporation is because corporation is another game about being heroes. I don't actually care about the magic system because the magic system is quite easy. Do a check. Is success? Do thing. That's the building blocks of magic. It doesn't matter if it's a fireball or a big sure, gun. A, rock- sure. a fireball yeah. is a rocket launcher. Yeah. That's all you have to worry about. But it's those two are games about being big damn heroes. I wouldn't want to run this game in call of cthulhu or treachery <laughs> because or dark heresy because their which games are failing and going dead. mad exactly those games are about failing or about things being hard dark heresy is a game about stacking bonuses because you're thinking tactically and carefully so you know in dark heresy you could do a cyberpunk you could do warhammer 40k which is what it's built for you could do fantasy but you have to do fantasy where you're going to think tactically and stack bonuses, not where we're doing it in a slightly loose kind of, ah, we're fine. Yeah. D&D and Pathfinder support that kind of stuff, as does corporation. So yeah, I think you can make anything work, you just need to make sure that it's tonally consistent.
2: Yeah. With that in mind then, for the people who are most familiar, which systems would you say this would work with most apart from Pathfinder?
4: I really want to play it in D&D 5th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, either that or Thirteenth Age for the same reason. It's Pathfinder, but cleaned up because Pathfinder is D D three point five, which is a cool yeah. system, but it's very rulesy. Yeah,
2: yeah. Fair. Well Not
5: qualified. To ask. No, I have no answers that. Well, I'd be quite interested in playing it in Pokemon Go. Yeah.
2: I mean, catch a Ryle Bertie. Flee, flee now.
4: <laughs> <laughs> just leave. I mean, I would say to, to for like more interesting World of Darkness would actually be quite interesting.
3: I'd like to give it a go. i in that because
5: that, then it's easier to do because that's the one with the vampires, right? Yeah. And werewolves. Now
3: there's a thought. So, I wouldn't do it World of Darkness, but there are I mean White Wolf have released say Exalted or Scion. No
4: God, I play an Exalted game. I said I wanted something less rulesy.
2: <laughs>
3: less rulesy. I, I love Exalted, but is, yes, it's more rulesy. Is, is I think I'm gonna
5: run to... where people create entire tax systems and rules. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I yeah. think
2: I'm gonna wrap this up here before this breaks out into an actual fight.
4: Maybe oh no,
5: this can... could
2: just be a discussion for about two, three hours. <laughs>
5: yeah.
3: If but you want I'm to not... have it with us, get in touch <laughs> on our forums. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Or Twitter. Yeah. Nice or having. our Facebook, which is there.
4: Probably nowhere near James, because he's probably very bored by now. <laughs> it's, everyone's having a lovely time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think and we'll,
4: we hope you are too.
6: too. Oh. Bye! So, bye. <laughs>
2: So, following on, we have a question from Ian H, or Ian Yen I don't know how to say that. <laughs> yes, Alex, it's
4: definitely. <laughs> That's definitely how it's pronounced. Nailed it. Ten out of ten. <laughs> I'm bad at names.
5: Oh, these name <laughs> things. So, have?
4: so Alex Newell, how are you doing? <laughs> so, this this question's from Yen. <laughs> <laughs>
2: can be handled using handle animals. Is it because it's a mount?
4: It's because it's canonically used as a mount. Correct. But you can negotiate with the
6: hippo bit but not the griffin bit. (laughs) you am not the cooperation of half of it. (laughs) As
3: we well know, hippogriffs are mundane animals, not magical, and you can definitely find them frolicking in the pastures of Surrey it's okay well, <laughs>
5: surely pegasi and unicorns can also be mouths.
3: okay
6: you write a new series called Bertie's going to find a unicorn <laughs> yep.
3: like but you want to get arbitrary it oh, pegasi, 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 oh pegasus Pegasi and hippogriffs are kind of common are you sure it's not pegasodes <laughs> <laughs> pegasodides
2: pegasum <laughs> I, I prefer my adventures pegasodic
3: yeah. oh goodness <laughs> sake pegasuma cum laude um <laughs> That's really funny. Pegasilly. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Pegasilly.
4: I am Pegasichalus.
2: Pegas- Can we move it. on? Yeah. Yeah. I'm
4: Pegasad. <laughs> Pegaso. Oh. Oh. No. I'd also take all of Zolf's uh, clothes and put them somewhere safe so that I could pick them up as Ben because they will make fantastic, and probably very expensive LARP costumes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Although yeah, they'd be a terrible yours. fit.
5: Yeah.
4: Yeah, well, yeah, but.
5: You dress up a child. <laughs> <Have>
4: dwarves, <laughs> dwarves, are <laughs> dwarves are about four foot wide. Ah. Fat child. <laughs> a
3: really, a <laughs> really <laughs> fat beefy child. Shot. A, a miniature, child. miniature quarterback, basically. <laughs> yeah. I, no, not a quarterback. Probably offensive guard. You can't come in. Sod off.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: no, don't
6: <no>, shoot <she's> your <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs>